Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Oh, you can? Oh, I am on. <laughs> Great. EJ, my palms are sweaty and my heart is going a little fast, so maybe I need to excuse myself right now. No. <laughs> Oh, you guys, good morning. If you are new with us this morning, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here with us. And this summer, we are going through the Gospel of John and focusing in on all of the times that he says a statement that starts with, truly, truly, I say to you. Or in some translations, very truly or most assuredly um, might be some of the words that you find there. Jesus uses this phrase, this particular uh, truly, truly, 25 times. That's a lot. (laughs) In Greek, the word used for truly in these statements um, is amen. Does that sound familiar? Okay, it's translated to so let it be, be assured when I say, or believe me when I say, okay? Um, And this Greek word, amen, is most often used at the end of a letter, okay? Think of Paul when he wrote to the Galatians, okay? He ends with amen, okay? In Western culture, we say this word when, anyone? When we're done praying, okay? Essentially saying, may what was just shared or stated or pleaded before the Lord, may it be so. So it's really, really interesting that Jesus uses this word twice to start to these phrases, and that he says it 25 times in this one book. I think we need to pay attention. And so this summer, we are doing just that. When Jesus starts by saying amen, he is not only saying that the following words are true, but he is also saying, I have firsthand knowledge and authority to make these statements. Much like the doctor telling me when I was pregnant with my son, right? Be assured, there's a baby in there, okay? (laughs) He had authority to tell me that, all right? In today's scripture reading, Jesus is making three of these statements to a man named Nicodemus. We are going deep today. We have a lot of ground to cover. You guys okay with that? Okay, so two of these statements answer two really big, important questions about the gospel. One, how do you get into the kingdom of God? And two, who's getting into the kingdom of God? How and who, okay? And then the last of these three statements that Jesus makes to Nicodemus is to encourage him, and maybe us, to do some personal reflection, Okay, we find the story in chapter three of the book of John. So go ahead and find your way there on your phones, in your Bible, whatever you are reading the scripture in or on. Um, and I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for creating the world. Thank you for having a plan and for giving us life. Father, as we take a closer look this morning at the life in which you give us, Holy Spirit, be near. Advocate, remind, and draw us closer to knowing you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so when you are embarking on a road trip, when is the optimal time to pack up your car and leave? Anyone? Early? 
Oh, someone said it. If you grew up in the household I did, or in my future in-law's house, the answer is in the middle of the night. Because our dads knew best, they believed that the best time to be on the road with their family was in the middle of the night when there was no one traveling on the road and where they could cover a lot of ground with minimal distractions. Most of us were sleeping in the back, right? They could pave, hit the pavement. What is the phrase? They can cover a lot of ground. <laughs> well, Nicodemus, the man who encounters Jesus in today's story, did know best. Um, or so it was expected that he should know best, so he did his best to know best, okay? He was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader. He was a politician. He studied law. He was educated. He was a ruler, And most recently, he was impressed with Jesus' work, impressed enough to seek him out and question him. You see, after Jesus performed his first miracle at the wedding in Cana, he turned his attention to the temple and just clears it out. Um, I encourage you to read about those stories. It happens right before um, in chapter 2, okay? So these two events sparked a lot of attention, and Nicodemus decided that it was time to seek Jesus out to gain some clarity. So he packed up, and off he went in the middle of the night. He waited until it was dark to approach Jesus so he could cover a lot of ground with no one else around and with minimal distractions. Listen with me to the story. We're going to start in verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with you. Jesus responded and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So everyone who has been born, so is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Nicodemus responded and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you people do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Crystal clear, huh? (laughs) Let's see if we can sort these statements out to make a little more sense. The first statement that Jesus made is this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Now, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, addressing him as rabbi. He acknowledged that he was a teacher who came from God because of the signs that he had performed. But before Nicodemus could ask him any formal questions, Jesus wanted to give him an eye check, right? In my mind, Jesus is thinking, you think that you can see that I am from God? You know gospel living? Let me put it to the test how well you think you can see. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. In these words, Jesus shattered the common Jewish assumptions. Up until this point, it had been the unquestioned thought, practice, and teaching that if you descended from Abraham, you were automatically assured heaven or God's kingdom. If you were born into the right family, you were in. And Jesus' statement is crystal clear that the status of a person's first birth, their physical birth, has nothing to do with getting in God's kingdom. It has everything to do with being born again. And so we get this question that's still being asked today. The gospel question is this, how do you get in? Jesus' answer in this statement, by being born again. The Jews at this time were looking for a Messiah to usher in a new world, okay? If they were here, in which like the Israel and Jewish people were here, they were looking for someone to come, uh, the Messiah, to come and usher in a new world in which the people, the Jewish people in Israel would be preeminent, okay? But in these few words, Jesus actually flips the, the script, okay? He says, there is no new world. There's actually new life, Jesus came to bring that new life in which he is preeminent, okay? Being born again spiritually means having a new life in Christ Jesus, a regenerated life. And a regenerated life does not come about by moral or religious change that is produced by human effort. It comes only by the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. A regenerated life does not come about by a moral or a religious reform, a change, that is produced by human effort. It comes only by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, being born again is a theme in the New Testament, okay? First Peter speaks of being born new by God's great mercy and being born new from an imperishable seed. James speaks of God bringing us forth by the word of truth. Titus speaks on washing, the washing of regeneration. Romans speaks of dying with Jesus and rising anew. First Corinthians speaks of the new believers as newborn babes. Second Corinthians speaks of us being a new creation. Galatians says that Jesus is that in Jesus, we are a new creation. Ephesians says that the new man is created after God in righteousness. Hebrews says that at the beginning of our Christian life, we are like children. All of these scripture references that I just read came from the letters that were circulated throughout the early church. It's as if they heard it from the very source. And knew that this was the thing that Jesus taught. The kingdom is available to anyone, Greek or Jew, you or I, who has been born again into a new life. New life gives a new identity when you accept the fullness of all that God brings through Jesus. 
being born again sounded foreign to Nicodemus, as one might think. I think I would think the same thing. Um, and it still might actually sound strange to us today when, when you're telling someone, just be born again. You might have the same response, okay? Um, so how do you get in? Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. So if you get in by being born again, then who is it that gets in? If you're wondering who, it's a good thing you asked because Nicodemus asked the same thing, okay? Let's remind ourselves. I'm gonna read to you what Nicodemus responded. He said, how can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So the second gospel question is, who gets in? Jesus' answers, those whom are born of water and spirit. Jesus tells Nicodemus not to be amazed that he must be born again. But Nicodemus was actually puzzled by the statement because he, like most Jews of his time, believed that they already had obtained the status of being in because of what was promised in the Old Testament to God's people. And those promises were this, the gathering of Israel, the cleansing and spiritual transformation of God's people, and the coming reign of the Messiah. Okay? And the common teaching among the Jewish people was that the first two promises, the gathering of Israel and a, a spiritual transformation, already had been fulfilled. Okay? They saw Israel gathered, or at least in part, by the, after the Babylonian exile. Okay? And then they saw strong spiritual movements like the Pharisees, of whom Nicodemus was one, and they themselves interpreted that to be a full spiritual transformation. So all that they were waiting for was uh, the reign of the coming Messiah, okay? They had already written off the first two because, check. <sighs> oh, how I would have loved to be a fly on the wall here when Jesus tells the leader of the Pharisees himself, oh, hey, you need to be born again. <laughs> Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you are taking things too temporally here, not spiritually. Think of the wind, it goes where it wants and to whom it wants. You cannot see it, but you can hear it. The Spirit works in the same way. You're a little off track, okay? I was interested in these three promises, so I looked back, and I think it's worth us looking back to. It comes from Ezekiel, where these promises come from. Here's what it says. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I show myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the lands, and I will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 
And I will put my spirit within you and bring it about that you walk in my statutes and are careful and follow my ordinances. And you will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers. So you will be my people and I will be your God. The passion that the Jews had for God's kingdom was spot on. Okay? However, they lost God's heart in it by creating certain checklists, okay? They moved these spiritual promises from scripture into a checklist, okay? And before we goff at the Jewish people, (laughs) we have to look at ourselves because we haven't come that far, if we're being honest, okay? You wanna be a part of God's kingdom? You wanna get in? To make sure that you are one of the people who are in, all you have to do is a simple man-made checklist that I created, (laughs) Okay? You have to attend church, you have to do these rituals, you have to vote in a certain way, you have to adhere to certain traditions, use certain words, volunteer in certain ways, adhere to specific diets, dress a certain way, look the part, yada yada, the list goes on and on and on. Okay? Hear me, church, when I say checking physical, fleshy things off this list will not assure you salvation and new life. New life being born again through Jesus Christ is only done by the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit draws, Holy Spirit advocates. We respond, okay? In the first statement of these truly trulys, Jesus shattered or shared the gospel truth that entering God's kingdom is done by being born again. And with the second statement, Jesus is sharing another gospel truth that it is open to anyone whom is born of the Spirit. Titus says it this way, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The Holy Spirit cannot and will not take commands from humans or be conjured up for certain people in our lives. (laughs) We can pray. But the radical gospel of being born again is a work of the Holy Spirit for anyone the Spirit wishes. It's not our job to write certain people off from, here, from the Holy Spirit's work. Nicodemus was having a really hard time switching his brain from the literal to the spiritual. And Jesus asks, and he asks Jesus one more time, how can this be? He still is not getting it. Jesus responds this third time personally to Nicodemus, a man who has studied the scriptures, who knows of God's promises. And Jesus graciously humbles him by saying the third statement, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. And you people do not accept our testimony. Now, it isn't known exactly why Jesus uses the term we in this statement. I think it's really interesting. And in studying this week, um, I believe that it is, well, it is to be believed that Jesus, when he says we, he's actually standing on the shoulders of the prophets and of his disciples. He's saying, 
you are a Jewish teacher of the Bible. You study the Old Testament, and so you should know, right? You should know all about me, the coming Messiah. But now it's time that you understand. Live on the testimony that you have heard and allow the Spirit to work right now. Just as Zach taught us last week um, that there is always more to Jesus when it comes to a personal relationship, Jesus was meeting Nicodemus personally and showing him more of himself. Okay? Nicodemus could not see the great need the people around him had for Jesus, including himself. Um, the need for a spiritual rebirth in Jesus Christ was at an all-time high. And Jesus was asking him personally if you are going to accept this testimony. What Jesus says after this statement points Nicodemus to do some self-reflection. Jesus does this by encouraging him with maybe the most famous, beautiful words ever printed regarding God the Father and his heart for us in sending his son. Listen with me to the end of chapter three, okay? And in reading, I want you to read with me the bold words, okay? And just as Moses lifted up the serpent, can you tell where the bold words are? That's kind of fuzzy. It's verse 16. You'll know what to say. Okay. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. Beautiful, clear words. Jesus was giving Nicodemus a gift. After that, Jesus closes his time with Nicodemus and offers these personal words to him. Keep in mind the time of day when Nicodemus came to Jesus. Keep in mind the time of day when I read these words. This is how he ends his time with Nicodemus. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. God's heart is to ultimately bring about salvation, rescue, hope, and healing to the whole world by the Spirit through his Son because he loves you. Uh, worship team, you guys can come up as I close. This morning, Jesus answers Nicodemus' questions somewhat straightforward, right? Full of grace and truth. When Nicodemus still struggled, when it was still fully, wasn't fully clear, and maybe when he still had some more questions that went unanswered, Jesus met him personally and gave him exactly what he needed.
Jesus will always meet you where you are and offer more of himself to you. So I want to encourage you today, just as Jesus did, to do some personal reflection. What testimony are you going to stand on? I know that those two questions, how you get in and who gets in, can consume a large portion of your brains, and it can produce worry. They are important questions, and Jesus does answer them. But more importantly, I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus wants to meet with you personally and bring you in to his light. I believe that's available today. Friends, God loves you so much that he sent his son to live a perfect life on this earth. He lived a life in which you couldn't live, and he died a death in which he shouldn't have died. And at the end of his perfect life, he received God's blessing and then went to the cross to receive the punishment that should have been yours. And when you accept what Christ did on the cross, repent of your wrongdoings and put your faith in him, then what you deserve from all of your sin falls on him. And in return, what Jesus deserved, which was the blessing of the Father to be called my beloved, in fact, falls on you. That is the radical work of what God does. If the Spirit is tugging on your heart today, don't wait. Stop and listen. The Spirit is nudging you to turn away from the darkness you live in, to say yes to the light of Jesus Christ. Stop and listen. Meet with Jesus. I'm going to close us today in a time of prayer, silence, listening to God and meeting with him. Would you join me? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Fill this place. Fill our hearts. You know us so well. Speak to us. Comfort us, nudge us, bring us to the feet of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the work that you did on the cross on our behalf. Thank you that you give us new life a regenerated life because of who you are. Father, we say that we are sorry when we are in our own darkness, when we try to go our own way, when we try to do things on our own terms or put you in a box, Lord, we say sorry. Forgive us. 
Father, and we turn towards you to walk in the lightness in which you have called us to. Holy Spirit, thank you for working. Continue to speak. Continue to meet. Continue to comfort. Continue to draw. Help us understand God's love through Jesus Christ.